Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Wine, Repeat, a podcast for all you wine lovers who, if you're like me, just cannot get enough of the good stuff. I'm Yanina Doyle, your host, brand ambassador, wine educator, and sommelier. So stick with me as we dive deeper into this ever-evolving, wonderful world of wine. And wherever you are listening to this, cheers to you. Hello, wine friends, and welcome back to my chat with Helen McGinn, the wine expert of Saturday Morning Kitchen and ITV's This Morning. Now, if you missed last week's episode, go back so you can fully listen to Helen's journey into wine. But this week, we are working our way through the southwest of France. Now, this is a treasure trove of delights. Now, there are the more well-known grape varieties of Malbec. So this is known as Cot here, and there is Tanet. But there are others such as Fur Servadou, Petit Corbeau. There's Gros Mansang and Petit Mansang to discover. The region is just below Bordeaux to its south, but also to its east east with the Pyrenees mountains and Spain to the far south and depending on what region you decide to investigate it goes from a more Atlantic climate through to the more continental as it goes more inland. There is so much to discover as you will soon find out from this podcast and if you were wondering where to holiday this summer this episode may help you. So I hope you enjoy. When I was asking you about wine regions, what should we talk mm-hmm. about? What's your real interest? You suggested to me Southwest France. So mm-hmm. why? That is actually a region that I've never touched on in this podcast and does tend to get forgotten. Oh, okay. So it is one of the regions that when I was a buyer and I looked after Bordeaux for a long time and I used to love my trips to Bordeaux, but they were very smart and uh, quite formal and you were tasting amazing wines in amazing settings but actually go you know 30 miles inland and you're suddenly in wine country where the grapes are very similar but the whole culture is a world away and I really love that about southwest France it's way more country mouse than town mouse if you see what I mean yeah um it's still very beautiful but it's not showy it's quite rural the wines are definitely uh, often not as polished if I can say that um Mm. you know they're a bit they're a bit more rough and ready but in a in a very gorgeous way. I really like that about the region. And also the fact that, yes, there are lots of similar grapes to next door in Bordeaux, but then there's also this whole plethora of bonkers grapes that you don't drink anywhere else. Oh gosh, I know. I've been looking up some of those grapes just for this podcast thinking, God, I have no idea how to describe to somebody first ever (laughs) dough, I think, first ever dough. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. Well, so there was a particular cooperative that I'm sure lots of people listening to this will have heard of called Playmore and Playmore are a Mm. big cooperative in the region that I used to buy a lot of wine from and they've been around since the 70s so they're not actually really that old but what they have done which makes them really special is that they have always 
pioneered the local grape varieties. So things like Petit Corbu and Arufiak and the Manseng. So you've got Petit Manseng and Gros Manseng, mm-hmm. very particular to, to southwest France. And all of those, it's like painting with a palette of colours. You know, they've yes. got so many different little colours that they can use. And a lot of these grapes were on the verge of disappearing because they everybody wanted the stuff they, they'd heard of and could sell. It's quite difficult to sell a wine that nobody, a grape that nobody can pronounce and nobody knows what it tastes like. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, the cooperative were real champions of those local grape varieties and have done an awful lot to preserve them and not only just preserve them, but to really raise their profile and get more people drinking them. And they're in Saint-Mont, which is one of the appellations that makes lovely wine, really lovely white wine in particular. So I think it's it's just what appeals to me is, is one of those regions actually that got under my skin and so much so that in the years since then it's a region that we go back and holiday in because I love it so much. And, oh, my, wow. and for, normally, if I say to my husband, we're going somewhere and we're going to see a winery, like his eyes glaze over and he'll be like, well, look, why, don't, <laughs> why don't you go? And I'll stay here in this bar with my beer and my paper. And I'll, But um, he will happily go there because it, it just is so beautiful. It's lovely. Well, can you paint a picture actually? Because I've never been, but I know that as an example, when you get much further down south, as we're starting to get towards Spain, for instance, mm. Madran, you can see the mountains, the Pyrenees mountains, you know, vineyards, yeah. little hills and the mountains. And I've seen pictures and that's beautiful. Do you have to get quite far down into the south, southern part of the region or even in Bergerac, a little bit further north? Do you get that? But, so Bergerac is so pretty. It's very definitely rolling hills and, mm. um, you know, picture perfect French towns, but very unspoilt. I mean, this is the point. Okay. It's very rural and unspoilt. And yes, as you go further south and you get towards the Pyrenees, the landscape gets more dramatic okay. with the mountains in the background. But it is either region, it's all still very beautiful wherever you are. And also, the other thing, I mean, this is why we go on holiday there. If you were to go an hour and a half south, you know, more towards the south of France there, mm-hmm. uh, you will pay three times as much to rent a house we rent normally because we normally go with another family and between us there are normally five or six teenagers and some of them might bring a friend so we we would have to try and find somewhere (laughs) fairly big where they can go where we can't hear them (laughs) and so the last few years obviously the uh, lockdown excluded we've managed to find places that you can rent for a week for you know a, a fraction of the cost than if you went either higher up or lower down if you see what I mean so as I say it's like it's a really good spot if you want to find somewhere that is rural unspoilt quiet but you want you can go into a market town you know if you wherever you stay it's very very brilliantly French that you can find any there will be a market day every day of the week in a different town you could go to a a French market every day and go and buy your shopping daily and go and buy local wine I mean that's I found a wine shop the one we went to this summer 
by the end we were on you know first name terms in fact I think I've even got his number in my phone now but the guy who the old guy who ran the wine shop there because we would <laughs> we'd go there like we'd buy enough <laughs> we thought we'd buy enough for three or four days and the next day we'd be back no it's all Oops. gone we need some more <laughs> <laughs> but there, it was like a treasure trove his shop was just like a treasure trove full of lovely local stuff that you wouldn't find back here well where is this wine shop because you're mentioning it you know for somebody who's planning their holiday to the south uh, west of France this year where was it yeah this is we were about half an hour north of Bergerac I okay. can't remember the name of the of the town now that you're asking me where we were because we were about sort of 10 minutes away but mm-hmm. all of the local towns have something genuinely, similar they always have a really lovely local wine shop that is more like a cavern and mm. um, you'll find the locals go in and fill up their kind of petrol cans <laughs> their jerry cans with any vessel with local work. white yeah any vessel will do yeah but um we were the mugs that went and bought all the all the bottles yeah it was lovely wow you know we can't help it now let me ask you would you fly into bordeaux and then travel from there or is actually there an airport that for anybody who wants to be a bit further south you can fly to bergerac but to be honest bordeaux is easier but we we always drive down we love the oh, whole okay. yeah okay. and on the, so normally we drive to this year we stayed in the loire was another region of mine that i used to buy a lot from um when i was a buyer and i love the loire and i we this year we stayed just outside of, of Tours, and okay, yeah. again we stayed in you know a really beautiful place for a couple of nights and just went and you know wandered around some towns and then made our way down to the house for a week and then on the way back up this year we went to there's um the whole region oh my god um Kiberon, that's right Kiberon, the sort of Kiberon, the bit up on the west coast but okay. below Brittany but there it's full of wonderful Loire whites up there and seafood so I was in heaven Mm, I need, I'm literally I'm like can we stop recording so I can literally fly, <laughs> fly get in the car I need to cross the border oh dear we've obviously you've piqued everybody's interest mostly mine right now literally to go there let's talk about Bergerac because this is basically the largest region of all the other kind of the Appalachians should I say it's mm. the largest Appalachian in southwest of France yeah and it's the closest as well yeah. to Bordeaux so yeah. how would you say to people that it that it does compare to Bordeaux well I mean as I said before it's not it doesn't have the fame of Bordeaux you know it doesn't mm. have the big chateaus it doesn't have the port I mean that made a huge difference obviously when you think how Bordeaux really sprang up it's because there was a lot of wine going in and out as well with the port but but it's almost like you know Bordeaux that overshadowed the region next door yes and when you think a lot of the grapes are similar so they've got their mm-hmm. reds and there's a lot of cabernet there's a lot of merlot there's cabernet franc there's sauvignon there's semillon um there's muscadel so it is is basically all the same grapes as bordeaux cheaper bordeaux <laughs> um, yeah. and it is a bit like a mini bordeaux but you know often the wines can be quite different in style like i sort of said that's like um more rustic i don't want to say yeah. rustic. yeah i was going to say rustic but i don't want people to think that rustic means rough but i just like their i do like their earthiness i do like their honesty i think is what yes. i'm saying yeah. yeah 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 well i don't know if this is true to be honest but i heard something as well that it was obviously they had mm. to go through the bordeaux port and this is not mm. just bergerac this is many of the different wine regions and so Bordeaux created, I think, much higher taxes or something to stop. 
shot oh, yeah. them oh, yeah. from benefit. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> those ones out. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but, you know. but the joke, the joke is that a lot of the grapes, like it, we'll talk about Tanit and we'll talk about Malbec in a bit, was doing so well that they would take the grapes and they would put them in their Bordeaux wine to make them mm-hmm. bigger and richer. So they needed those yeah. grapes. Because- <laughs> yeah, yeah. And when you think exactly, you know, Cahors, for example, Cahors is a region, one of their main grapes is Malbec, which they call Cot mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. Um, the local name. And Tanat as well, which is, you know, a very tannic grape. So mm-hmm. a little drop of Tanat goes a long way if you want to add tannin to your wine. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But that's very true. They would tax the wines out of the market. Now, if we just finish on with Bergerac for a second, are oh. there any specific, because there's quite a few sub-regions that people could look for if they want to go a little bit higher in their, their money, but get some great value. I, mm. I've always thought you can get some really good full body breads from Perchamont, that sub region. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and they still aren't going to be the same price point as some of the big boys in Bordeaux. Do you have a favorite place for, for any white wine if people want a nice Sauvignon Blanc? Or what would you be bringing in to Tesco's back in the day? Yes. So that for whites, the Saint-Mont is a really good region. And I mm. know most of the supermarkets now have one. I know Sainsbury's do, Tesco do. There's a lovely one in M&S as well there, someone which I think is like six or seven pounds a bottle. Okay. So really good value. Fronton is a good region as well. They've got rosé made from Negrette, which yes. is a bit more punchy. And also it's a bit further south, but if you go further south... so closer to Gaillac, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Oh, well, so Gaillac, actually, t- Sainsbury's, they do a taste of difference. Gaillac, white do and... Do they now? What? And now? red, yeah. Yes, oh. white and red, they do. I mean, we're darting around, but yeah. There's... That's what I mean. It's I always think of it just like, if you think of the southwest... There are so many appellations within there just to go off and explore. And the DNA really is with those reds is they do have that kind of lovely earthiness to them because mm. you are talking about grapes like Tanat and Cabernet and Malbec. And the whites, very often, they've got that kind of lively citrusy note. Uh, but the, with the Mansengs, for example, the Gros Mansang and Petit Mansang, which we talked about before, yeah. Playmore make a lot of, what I love about those wines really is they are lively, but they actually have really lovely body. I think they have a bit more, you know, flesh on the bones. Mm. So mm-hmm. not just aromatic. They've actually got a bit more body as well. And with the fact that there are so many different grapes to play with, you know, you will find lots of different takes on blends all over the region. And that's, again, why you get so much diversity down there. Yeah, I mean, you've talked about Romansang and specifically Petit Mansang, which is amazing for some sweet wines. I am going to talk about the sweet wines because there's actually so much choice here as well. There's so much choice of everything. So you've obviously got Mombasiak and Sauvignac, although Sauvignac, I mean, that's so small. Does any of it come? Does any of it come to the UK? Did you ever bring any of it? That is what we bring. That's what we bring back, actually, when we go there. Yeah, we because it's, it's very difficult to find over here. There are a couple of places that bring it in, but not really not that many. But mm. Mombasiak, again, I mean, gorgeous. It is like a baby sauterne is the best way mm-hmm. to describe it yeah. because we're talking about similar grapes. We're talking about noble rot. And it is a small appellation. So, you know, there isn't an awful lot of it. And, and a lot of it is drunk in France. But the main... 
I mean, I, as well as it obviously being a fair amount cheaper than Sauterne, because it's not as, you know, it's not as well known. It hasn't got the name or the Bordeaux region on there. I really like the style of Montbaziette because I find mm. they're not actually, that to me, they almost feel a bit lighter yeah, than yeah. Sauternes. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're very, they are very versatile. And over there, you would have them. I mean, usually, quite often, just chilled at the beginning of dinner as like an aperitif, which I love. Oh, nice! Not because yeah. as well, they haven't got that same richness as no. a saunterns. Also, yeah. as well, what I've heard is that they plant a lot more muscadel. So that of course, they're still using Sauvignon Blanc and Semillon, but by using a lot more muscadel than sauterns, it can give a bit of a spicier edge. A spicier edge. Also, some people say um, it's got more of a a kind of barley sugar character and that mm. you know if you had have ever had barley sugar sweets that's definitely noticeable yes so it's just a sort of nicer lighter slightly more floral character is the best way to describe it yeah okay so for any, anybody who likes their dessert wine because of course sauternes is incredible and that's where chateau mm-hmm. de kim comes from yeah. <laughs> not that many of us can afford that but montbazillac and um and also you can get really lovely sweet wines from durancon as well which is further south hey, there we go now wh- what's your preference Um, Well, Duranson doesn't have to be that. uh, Montbaziac is quite different because it has noble rot. Yes. um, Botrytis, whereas Duranson isn't necessarily. I mean, there are some that are, but it doesn't have to be. So I think uh, if you just want a sort of very light, sweet wine, Duranson is amazing value for money. Amazing. They're pretty, aren't they? Yeah, very, very pretty. I used to, as a sommelier... I used to sell some Jurançon and I thought that was so lovely. And the nice thing as well, sometimes, again, they're not as rich as what you might expect from, no. from Noble Rot. So apparently Petit Mansang, which they use, obviously with the thick skins, Noble Rot rarely can actually penetrate the skin. Yeah. And if it does, actually, it tends to just turn to great rot. Yeah. It just doesn't yeah. It doesn't work. But probably as well, such good value because Montbaziac has a much better known name just by being closer to Sauternes but Jurassic seems to really get forgotten doesn't it yeah yeah exactly and then also you've got Pacharank as well Pacharank de Vicbill which can be dry or sweet and that's near Madarin as well Mm -hmm. so that's another lovely sweet wine to try I mean that and again that is the lovely thing that will be a combination of I mean that's a late harvest and you'll have the Mansengs in there. You'll have the Petit Corbu or the Corbu. Um, you might have some Arufiek. You might have some Sauvignon. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, that's the it's the cocktail of local grapes that I love. Um, and for everybody listening, going, what the hell? Please may I remind you there is a transcript you can download <laughs> <laughs> to have a look at all these great varieties. But it is it's super super exciting. I mean, for me as well. Like I love that kind of the the floral nature of the Gros Mansang and the Petit Mansang. But obviously Petit yeah. Mansang, it's more intense isn't it and it can yeah. can go much much sweeter but um but I think you're absolutely right and also what I love about them as well is that the wines just feel more relaxed mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's not um you don't kind of have to you know it's not hallowed ground it's all just I find you can really have fun with these wines mm, yeah okay so you mentioned Percherank yeah um, Percherank de Vic Bill there we go. <laughs> see, oh again, my but this, god! But this is one of the reasons why they are perhaps not as well known outside of the region you because can't you know it. you can't pronounce oh. them and people don't oh. know what they are. But yeah, they are lovely. Well, so that that's basically the Madaran region, but for the white or the sweets or even the white or the sweets, isn't it? Mm, mm. Yeah. But why is Madaran so famous? It's the red wines that Madaran produces. So, what are your thoughts on Madaran? Yeah, so Madaran is it. What really put it on the map is that. It, 
what makes it famous, I guess, is that the main grape is Tanat, and you don't really mm-hmm. get Tanat in very many places. It did get taken from here uh, to Uruguay, and you know, having tasted Tanats from both Uruguay and and Madaran, they're, again, a bit like Sauvignon Blanc has its DNA, Tanat has its quite distinctive <laughs> DNA, and that is tannin. It is a very, very tannic uh, wine. But, you know, it. the style is, if you like really earthy, big, bramble, fruit-loaded reds, you're gonna, your chances are you're going to love Madaran. And it, the, we are very much in, you know, steak territory now this is not a wine that you can or sausage or you know uh, like you need meaty foods with this stuff mm-hmm. it's not it's not going to go with a nice light roast chicken really uh, or <laughs> definitely not fish these are big big hearty wines that need hearty food to go with it but then you think about you know the the sort of food that comes from down here and that kind of very classic big hearty stews and roasted meats and and you can see why this wine works so well Mm. but yeah they are big wines and i think obviously they're very different to the tanner in uruguay um uruguay does tend to be fruitier and rounder they seem to have combated the tannins a little bit more although in madaran now they're using the uh, micro oxygenation techniques that things are a lot more approachable now than they've ever been right yes but i mean they were using micro oxygenation back in like 30 years ago so they could soften them back then if they wanted to but but they um, didn't want to <laughs> but, but it's not typical of the style you know for yeah. them they don't want a soft juicy tanat they want a tanat that is is of the region and so yeah. that's the style that they want if you're going to eat a dish the classic dish from down there is duck so if you're going to have duck, you need something with lots of grip and lots of acidity. So, and that's yeah. what you get. And also people will be happy to know. I always try and remind people of that Tanit is supposed to be one of the healthiest grape varieties in the world because of the polyphenols. That is, yes, yes, you're absolutely right. It's got a very, because of those lovely thick skins, we've got very, very mm-hmm. thick skins. So they are very high in polyphenols and whatever else you're supposed to have in there that's good for you. Although I'm always very <laughs> nervous about talking, you know, you you can't really, with a straight face, say that wine is good for you because there is alcohol in there, which technically yes. is good for you. But having said that, I am a great believer in everything in moderation, Precisely. Uh, including moderation. So, I mean, have a glass of wine and be happy. That's what I say. Well, and actually, apparently, you know, because there's always this conversation of the French paradox, which was kind of semi-proven not true. Um, mm. But it's this thing in France that even though they're having all these high calorie fatty foods uh, because they thought because of the wine that it was maybe making them live longer but apparently in the department of Gare where Madeleine is there are more 90 plus year olds it's like double the average of anywhere else (laughs) in the world so I'm I I am yeah, I am not telling anybody to drink lots and lots of tannic. <laughs> I am simply saying that certain evidence suggests that possibly a glass <laughs> here and there is never a bad thing of tannic, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> They're all very happy down there. I love it. Have you got any recommendations for any producers of Madaran that people could try? Any kind of classic? Uh, you see, again, they tend to come and go on the shelves mm-hmm. here though you, you know if i see one i will generally try it but tesco did have a they did have a really nice one until recently but it seems to have disappeared again uh, i can't remember the name of the producer but again it it was under 10 pounds it was a really nice wow. example it was it really showed you you know what tanat from this region 
is all about mm-hmm. um so i think if you haven't tried it try it just make sure that you are eating something meaty with it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it something really big. does it needs it does need food to soften it i mean you know that is the thing if the tannins are softened by food then it all makes sense but drinking it just on its own yeah it's a bit of a shock <laughs> and you know obviously tannin they might not be 100% tannin they might blend in some cabernet sauvignon or cabernet franc or our lovely yeah, very often. fur servadou the little yeah. peppery fun fun great variety yeah most famous in Guyac though right I think I think so yes exactly down there I mean for that's the thing if if you don't think Tana is for you if it sounds too heavy just go up to the reds from Bergerac it, from that region instead mm-hmm. you're then back into an area that's a bit more like Bordeaux so you're talking more Cabernet more Merlot we've said about Cahors with the Malbec as well but full throttle Try a Madaran. You've got to taste it to see what it's like. <laughs> well, now you say we've mentioned Cahors, the Cot, or Malbec, depends on how mm-hmm. you want to call it, but they call it Cot, but we haven't actually talked about this region. So again, Malbec is so famous in Argentina, but the Malbec in Cahors really is, again, it's rust- it is more rustic. <laughs> um, I, yes, and again, I mean, you're talking about very often the vines here are pretty old, and mm. they often, I mean, if there is Cot in there, there might be some um, Merlot in there as well, just to soften it a little bit. But I, again, I just really love the style of the wines from here. I find, particularly when you're there, they just make so much sense because you're looking at these <laughs> these beautiful vineyards and it does go with the food that's from, that's from there. Yeah. It's quite, I mean, it's very different to Argentina because obviously there you're talking about vineyards that are in the foothills of this massive mountain range and there isn't a massive mountain range right next to Cahors it is more you know it's hilly but it's it's not we're not in foothills Um, of course so that makes quite a difference and I think that obviously makes a difference when you think about the regions bring out of Malbec in Argentina I am you know a great believer in the fact that and winemakers there talk about it all the time but because a lot of the vineyards especially when you go up there is this incredible light there that they have and that does seem to translate itself into this really lovely vibrant root character in the wine Mm. or just a vibrant character full stop actually you know they have got this incredible intensity you know a real purity whereas the Malbec in Cahors I would describe that definitely as more earthy uh grippy meatier probably meaty more savory Mm. definitely Mm. definitely that more savory character but you know having a slightly tighter or leaner style than argentina it's interesting it's just different and actually like you said in terms of going with food you get very plush sweet tannins over in argentina Mm. but the fact this does have a little bit more grip so it can be really food friendly yeah actually as well fun fact for everybody um this is actually the only region or as far as i know i'm I'm happy to be corrected that does not use cabernet sauvignon and cabernet franc in its blends everywhere else you may find it in a blend somewhere but this is yeah no if there's anything else in there it's likely to be merlot merlot exactly maybe even a tiny bit of tannic but no cab sav no cab franc so if you've had enough and you need to go for something completely different this is the (laughs) (laughs) this is the region right that's the way to go and again supermarkets do you ever see any cohorts in the supermarkets a a bit like madaran they're not you know they tend to be slightly few and far between nowadays and you know maybe that is 
again, I guess when there wasn't as much wine around the world to choose from, we saw more of it here. But as the mm-hmm. new world has taken over and taken shell space, some of these older regions in France have slightly disappeared from our shelves. I'm talking about supermarket shelves. Yes. Um, but they do. you do still find them here and there. So, And again, they won't, you know, you can get good ones for under 10 pounds and i think it's if it's something that you're you know you want to try a style to see what it's all about then just buying one of those from the supermarkets will give you a pretty good idea lovely now to finish off is there any of the tiny small wine regions small appellations that we haven't touched on that you have visited that you just think people should go to if they visit the southwest of france um, I well, funny enough, you mentioned Pechamont earlier, which is that's a ah, really good shout because that yes, is again okay. that's a kind of baby Bordeaux, and it's the wines from there tend to be really great value, and they've got some fantastic producers there, and there mm-hmm. is again, I'm not going to remember the name, but there is a very good one <laughs> in the in the co-op, which is about ten pounds a bottle from there, so definitely go and try that one that's the only Peshamon that's on the shelf so you can't you you know just go and find that one in the co-op and that's a great example they showed that their last press tasting I think oh they've had it in their range for years and I love the fact I always wonder when when it's going to disappear but it never Ah. seems to so that's good to know that sounds like people are buying it enough (laughs) I think it's one of those wines and this is very true of the wines from this region it's one of those wines that when you know you know you know, mm-hmm. when you when you found it and you realise and you realise you're getting something that is pretty similar to Bordeaux, but at a much uh, cheaper price, then, yeah, it's worth doing. And do you have an actual favourite region for just beauty and going for walks? Um, in southwest France? Yeah. Uh, well, I think wherever we have kind of ended up pitching on our various holidays around the region, <laughs> one of my favourite things is, as you say, just to go and drive to the local town, go to the market there, go and buy some produce and take it home and sit on the terrace with a nice bottle of local wine and enjoy the view it's the rules it's the rules i think listen i think you've definitely inspired a load of us to get over there ourselves and actually it's very (laughs) and i think it's also really exciting coming from a more supermarket angle as well because a lot of these wines certainly and i don't maybe do that justice on this podcast is that we're talking about these amazing wines but you've got to hunt high and low to get them or you got to go to very specialist places and it is great to be able to know that some of these really great value but very interesting varieties are actually available in supermarkets so hopefully that will get people out in the car popping down to try and try something new right yeah definitely and there is I mean there's one particular um, producer which funny enough talking about dragging my family around we did go to this one winery all together and they all loved it and that's Chateau Tour des Gendres which is in Dordogne and they're organic I'm pretty sure they've been organic since certainly for the last 10 years and um, so they're, they're quite uh, earlier no, they're bio they're biodynamic now as well and that they, what I was mm, going to say yeah exactly mm-hmm. so they they were ahead of their time being organic and now they're biodynamic and we we went there they could not I mean no appointment they did um, I just literally drove up I saw the sign and I was like oh I know that one. Can we go and have a look? And I thought, let's go and then we can buy some wine from there. Anyway, happened to bump into the winemaker, the son. I think he's third 
generation now, um, Sebastian, I want to say. And, we, you know, we all tripped out of the car. And I think when he sort of, I mean, we arrived, we were like a minibus because I think we had, <laughs> at the time, we had at least six kids with us and three adults. Anyway, uh-huh. we were there for about an hour. He couldn't have been nicer, showed us around we were tasting stuff from Barrel, which for the friends of mine who I was with had never done this before. You know, mm. they'd never had the joy of going into it. And the winemaker just saying, do you want to try and see how this is coming along? I mean, it was it was a total joy. And, you know, even for me, even though I've done that a million times, I, I still love it. And even more so when I could see how much they were enjoying it. And we left having bought, you know, quite... Well, in fact, I remember we left with boxes and boxes. <laughs> because he'd done such a good job on us but it was it was brilliant and the wines tasting them in situ it's really really special to do well it's amazing that you've just mentioned him because that is a household name and Mm. I just one question about going there myself because I want to know did you just happen to surprise them and he was free or are they open to the public as in to kind of walk around or is it more kind of knock on the door and say hello is anybody there Um, so I I saw the sign as I was driving to the you know we were going to somewhere saw the sign realized I hadn't realized we were quite so close to them obviously Mm -hmm. I knew them I knew their wines so I did this is the beauty of Instagram I messaged them on Instagram and said I'm staying down the road is there any time in the next three or four days that we can pop in and he replied straight away saying I'm here all day tomorrow come when you like you know bring as many as you like we'll be here it was it was wonderful so be semi-organised is the advice, everyone. And just in case we didn't mention, this is Bergerac, this winery. This is in Bergerac, yeah. And and I think that's the thing, just ask. And this is, again, the beauty of smaller or, or kind of more under-the-radar regions like this is you are more likely to be able to just send a message saying, can we come and have a look? And, and if somebody is there, they'll say yes. You know, you couldn't... I'd, the chances of doing that in most places in Bordeaux are slim to none. And there's not many places that will just take you into the winery and do tank samples unless you are somebody in the industry so that is a very country yeah attitude isn't it like okay you know mi casa is tu casa yeah you don't get that definitely you don't get that with the big boys so that's amazing definitely no it was a really lovely experience and i highly recommend it i know where i'm going this summer (laughs) (laughs) seriously i really think i'm gonna try just send him a message on instagram say you're coming (laughs) yeah just to give him one day's notice and i'm sorted oh helen thank you so much for just giving us a bit of an idea taking us through what is actually just a great value region and one that i think somebody could spend months and months exploring right with all these different great varieties so I'm glad we got to talk about it on this episode thank you thank Thank you you. well thank you for letting me shine a spotlight on them because I am a huge fan of their wines and I think they are massively underrated and there's so much good stuff happening down there and the best way to go and see it obviously is just you know jump in the car and go and drive there but the next best thing is go and buy them and because they're not expensive and it gives you a really good taste of of what there is down there Amazing. Helen, thank you. We shall speak again. Or if not, I'll just watch you on Saturday Morning Kitchen. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, bless you. I'll speak to you soon. Take care. Thank you. Bye. See you. Bye. So how do you all feel? Do you want to go out and try some new wines from the southwest of France? I remember many years ago, my brother went out to find the most interesting wine to surprise me. And he came back with a Gaillac Rouge. So this region will always pique my interest. And in fact, I don't think we mentioned how some of the oldest vineyards can be found here 
in Gaillac. And along with the peppery grape variety for Servadou, you can find prune lard. This is the father of Malbec, FYI. And then there's the lighter and spicier Duras grape variety. Then if you're thinking about whites, there's the grape variety Len de Lille. And, and so much more, so much for you to look up and try. Although not many of them would be 100% varietal wines. Ah, however, if you want to try something from this region that is single variety and fun, they produce a Gaillac Premier. And this started in the 1970s. It's made from the Gamay grape variety. And just like in Beaujolais, they release a young wine on the third Thursday in November. Now, I'm not sure if we touched on the Fronton region, which is just west of Gaillac. And they also do some good red and rosé made from the Negrette grape. So get exploring. And also just let me know personally as well if you've tried some of these wines and from what region and what's impressed you. So you can email me, Yanina, spelt with a J, Yanina at eatsleepwinerepeat.co.uk or on Instagram. My handle is at eatsleep underscore wine repeat. Now, to let you know what's happening next week, I'm going to be talking with Christina Rasmussen. She is a wine writer and now a viticulturalist. She has planted a vineyard in England. But this episode next week, we're talking about Palomino, a great variety that Christina really champions. It's known for being the great variety in sherry and often described when it's not made deliberately in that oxidative style as being a pretty neutral variety. Well, Christina is such a believer that she's made her own Palomino wine. It's called The Alley. So she's going to be telling us next week all about her winemaking decisions, her wine story that got her to that point, the whole process. And hopefully, by the end of it, she will have interested you to try some wine made with the Palomino grape as well. So to finish off, I will leave you with the wine quote as usual. And I'm going to take the quote that Helen herself just put up on her Instagram, which is at knackered mother, if you would like to follow her. And the quote says, better to be full of wine than full of shit. (laughs) Apologies for the French. And why did she put it up? Well, because she doesn't want people to go about just poo-pooing wine period, saying don't drink this or avoid that or putting down supermarket wines. So when she knows what value and quality there is to be had there, she basically wants everyone to enjoy wine. Your choice is the right choice. Don't let wine become too serious. Have fun with it and explore. And whilst you're exploring, don't forget to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify. Share this podcast with your wine-loving friends. Enjoy those wine explorations on your next trip to the supermarket. And until next week, wine friends, cheers to you. <laughs>